Hello? Yes. I can hear a little echo, so that hopefully means you can hear me. Yes, thank you for the feedback. The, the crowd feedback, not the mic feedback. I don't know how that works, but we're not having it. All right, good morning, everybody. Yes, my name is Val. I am honored to be here. I'm excited to be here. And I'm really looking forward to diving into some of the Psalms together. Raise your hand if you've been enjoying the summer of the Psalms. Yes, raise your other hand if you want to give yourself a high five. Thank you. Oh, one reason I love being up front is I can say, and you do it. And hopefully now we'll have a little more energy. <laughs> oh, so I love the Psalms. I'm really excited that our church is spending the summer learning about them, reading them, and studying them together. I love the Psalms because they don't always give us straight answers or direction, but they can help us empathize with our own human experience. They can help us process what we're thinking and feeling and experiencing, and I think they rock. So I'm excited to go through my favorite one today with you all which is Psalm 139. It might be one that you have read before, or maybe not. There's kind of some of those uh, like coffee mug verses in it that you might have or have seen. Uh, so I'm excited for us to get into it together today. A tiny bit about this psalm. It was written by David, who wrote a lot of psalms. We've learned about David throughout our summer together. And it is all about being deeply and intricately known by God. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to read it, and then we're going to see what we can learn. Oh, here we go. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for this place we get to be together. Thank you for everybody here and the time that we have to connect. Jesus, I pray that we would be open to learning, that we would be open to experiencing you, and that we would leave here feeling more connected to each other and to you, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's read Psalm 139. It should be on, on your Sunday page, if you can follow along. If you want to read out loud with me, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool too, but I'm going to read it. Oh, Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you, for darkness is as light to you. For you are the most being, 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Oh yeah, that's good. So let's get into it a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on in this psalm and, and what it could mean for us today. The psalm I see as having two distinct parts. The first part is the first 18 verses, a majority of the psalm. Here, David is diving into how intimately we are known by God. In this section, he outlines all kinds of places that God will see us and know us. When we sit, when we rise, when we go out, what we're going to say, behind us and before us, God is on the wings of the dawn, on the far side of the sea, in our mother's womb, in the secret place. These verses are exclaiming awe and wonder and praise at how deeply God knows David and how deeply God knows us. These verses aren't exactly about David trying to run and hide from God. It doesn't seem like he's trying to run away. He even says, where can I flee from your spirit? And answers himself, you can't. After these first 18 verses, we get into the second section of the psalm, the last five verses, which are a little bit different than the ones before them. What I see in these verses are an emotional reaction that David is having to this deep love that he's experiencing from God. On one hand, David is saying he loves God so much that he hates God's enemies. Strong word, strong language. It almost seems to me like he, David, is desperately trying to align himself with God by saying, look, God, I hate your enemies. I only love you. On the other hand, in verse 23 and 24, we can maybe see a little bit of emotional intelligence in David. He's sending his anger back to God. He's saying, God, show me if there is an offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's bringing God into this emotional experience he's having and is asking God for guidance. Instead of leading down a path of anger and hatred, he leads down the way everlasting, the words that he uses. Maybe David's reaction, these strong emotional verses, maybe that's not exactly what God would want. And David is acknowledging that and returning it back to God and asking God to guide him, even using the same words that he used at the beginning about being searched and being known. 
I think the audience who would be reading this psalm in ancient Israel and the Jewish community would most likely recognize some of the language throughout this psalm. In my preparation for today, Justin reminded me of some very old scripture called the Shema, which is a list of instructions about how to know and how to connect with God. David is likely alluding to these verses in his psalm, probably in a slightly more poetic way since he is writing a song here. The verses come from Deuteronomy 6, and they say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Some of that language you can hear throughout Psalm 139 about where we go, when we get up, when we lie down. These instructions, ancient, were thousands of years old when David was writing this. And they are all about knowing God. And they sound quite similar to the ways that David acknowledges how God knows us. And because this psalm is a song, we have some lovely descriptor words that we can read as we're thinking about that. So how about for how we are reading it now? Way later than David, long time later. I chose this passage because it has had a profound impact on my life. When I read a Bible for one of the first times ever, Psalm 139 is what I read. I don't even know how I landed there, but I did. It's been a section of scripture that has been grounding and centering for me in my walk with Jesus, in every phase and stage of my life. And I have turned to it often when I don't know where else to turn. In that first section of verses, those first 18, I love to be reminded that no matter where I go, God knows exactly where I am. God knows all of my thoughts and steps and actions and hopes and joys and fears and anxieties. When I was explaining to my husband, Eddie, that I love knowing this about God, that I love knowing how much God knows me and loves me. He said, why is that good? Why is it good to be fully known by God? My first thought when he asked me that was, why are you asking me hard questions? <laughs> then <laughs> I really thought about it and I thought, why does this matter to me? Why does this change my day-to-day -day life? When I read these verses, I feel encouraged because I don't have to pretend with God. I don't have to have it all figured out with God. I don't even have to know where I'm going, but I can find comfort knowing that God is going with me. I had many moments of self-doubt in college. I think we probably all do. It's a big transition, it's a big time. And I was wondering if I was doing the right thing at that time in my life. I felt the same uncertainty in myself when I moved to Minnesota I had no idea what I was going to do there, what was going to come from that experience. I kind of thought I had an idea, but then I was quickly confused and challenged in that. And in the same breath 
that I would express my uncertainty in myself and in my position and my location. I knew that in those moments, God was right there. That God could never be far away from me, even all the way in Minnesota. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot in the last few months is how near God is. God is never not near. No matter how far we may think we are from God, this psalm reminds us in many ways that we can never escape God's presence. God's loving presence that knows everything about us deeply and intimately, more than our social media accounts, more than our friends, our partners, our family. And no matter our orientation to God, God's orientation to us never changes. God is closer to us than the breath in our lungs. And I love how I can connect to those first 18 verses in the psalm. I think every time I read it, there are phrases or words that speak to me in a different way. In the past, when I've read Psalm 139, I've kind of ignored these last five verses. They're not as fun. They don't feel as nice. They're a little bit difficult and have been a section that I have not really wanted to grapple with. I've just kind of said, oh, those are just kind of weird, and let's get on to the good stuff where we feel great again. But this time around, studying this psalm for the last few weeks, when I'm teaching the whole psalm, not just the verses I like, I've really had to read what these words are saying. And I think for the first time, I kind of get it. I can kind of see and feel this emotional reaction that David is having. I can acknowledge the times when I have felt similarly. David, here in verse 19, 20, 21, 22, is in his full human experience, feeling this full scope of human emotion. I think he's feeling some amount of self-righteousness. He wants to show how aligned he is with God. And while I don't feel proud to admit it, I know exactly how he feels. I've had many moments, especially in the last few years, where I have felt like I know what is right, and I'm mad at the people who are not right with me. The hard thing for me to do in those moments is to open myself back up to God, to acknowledge that anger or self-righteousness that I feel, and return to asking God to search me and to know me. When I feel myself reacting strongly to something or to someone, to what they've shared on their Instagram story or what I see in the news, anything that's happening in our day-to-day -day life, I can remind myself to come down from that initial anger and bring it back to the one who really does know it all, God. Which we know from these 18 verses before how much he really knows. And in my own acknowledgement of my self-righteousness, I can be calmed down knowing that God, who knows it all, who created me, knit me together in my mother's womb, who created these galaxies that we just got to see, thank you, NASA, that God is right here with me. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to be right, no matter how much I think I am. I can just be with God. So how can we, as a body, Keep this in mind in our day-to-day -day lives. 
How can we know this, is, this about God, this deep, intricate knowing of us and how God knows us? How can we know this outside of just reading the psalm over and over until we believe it? I have a few examples in my own life of ways that I'm reminded how deeply known I am by God. The first is when I look at my bird feeders on my porch, bird slash squirrel feeders, let's be honest. When I look at them, I'm reminded of Matthew 6, where Jesus talks about how God provides for the birds and God provides for us. Being in this arboretum and we can hear them, oh my gosh, y'all, that's too good. And I love those reminders of God's provision for us. And every time I see a bird or hear one, I'm reminded of how God knows the kind of joy that that brings me. Another way that I feel so known by God is when I look at my relationships with my family and my friends. They know how to encourage me or comfort me, to invite me in, to make me laugh, to cheer me up to engage with me, and I'm so grateful for that. And the third way that I feel deeply known by God is when I look at my community at Love Chapel Hill. Eddie and I have been coming here since we moved back to North Carolina in August of 2019. And over the last three years, I've been able to connect with so many amazing people here who have helped me understand more about myself and more about Jesus. When I first started coming, I figured I would make friends with people who looked like me and who were in the same stage of life as me. And I was quickly opened to to experiencing community in, in a whole new way by going to the story on Tuesday nights. And over years of showing up to things and meeting people beyond just Sunday mornings, I've been able to meet some of the smartest and coolest and most encouraging and wisest and most helpful people that I probably would not have thought I would meet when I first came here. Even just a few weeks ago, we had a meeting with our teaching team, who you got to see in that cool email. And as I was sitting around the table, I thought, never did I think I would be sitting at the table with these really cool people, because it's some of the smartest and most engaging people that I've ever met. And I thought, how did I get here? And I was saying, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the opportunity to not just connect with people of my own age and in the same stage of life as me, but people all across different walks of life and different walks with Jesus. So as we head into this week, I have a few suggestions for you all to do together to be reminded of God's nearness and of God's deep knowing of who you are and where you are. The first is to pray the psalm together every week, every day this week with our church family. Justin's going to send a cool email, one more plug to get on the email list, reminding you of the psalm and of ways that you can connect with it. And I encourage you to pray it every day and to let the words shape how you are seeing yourself or how you're seeing God. The next thing is, while you're reading it, to ask the Holy Spirit to point out ways that you are known in your day-to-day life, your bird feeder moments, like how I feel when I look on my porch. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight those in your life and to give you reminders of how known you are by God. And then finally, I encourage you to engage in community at Love Chapel Hill. It takes time and it takes consistency and it is so worth it. It might be a little bit different than maybe you were expecting, but I promise that if you show up to Old Man Coffee on a Tuesday morning or Take It Easy Tuesday at Weaver Street on a Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning prayer or any other event that we have, I guarantee that you will meet really incredible people who love God and who love you. And that has changed me. So I hope that those are helpful to think about ways to apply just reading some really old words into our life right now. And thank you for having me today. As we head into our time of communion and continuing worshiping together, I hope that you would think about the psalm. Maybe pray about it a little bit. I don't know, however you're feeling like. Um, and just opening your hearts and your minds to how God can speak to you through Psalm 139. Thank you very much. Val, thank you for bringing that psalm to life for us today. That these ancient words speak to us and invite us invite us into relationship with God because he already knows us. There is nothing, nothing hidden from him. And still he loves us, right? That can be one of the most frightening things that he knows us to our core. But at the same time, it can be the most comforting because in knowing us, he doesn't turn away from us. As Val said, he is always oriented toward us, even if we are not oriented toward him. And so in his orientation to us, he is always inviting us to his table. This is his table. It's not mine, <clears throat> not yours, not just Love Chapel Hills, but this is Christ's table where he invites his disciples to recline with him at the table, to tell jokes, to have a good time. It is an invitation into life with him, journeying with Jesus. And so we invite you to this table today. And at this table, we remember the power of what he has done for us. That he took on the cross, that his body would be broken. And his blood would be poured out for us, for you and for me, and for the forgiveness of sin. It has overcome sin and death that we might have life to the fullest. So we invite you to come to the table today. Derek and Sophia are going to serve us. They will tear off a piece of the bread hand it to you. You take the bread, dip it in the cup, and you can receive it here. You can take a walk. You can go back to your seat. Contemplate the goodness and faithfulness of God. We'll come along this side and come across the front 
If you need gluten-free bread, we have a separate uh, plate and cup for that. Just to indicate that as you come forward. Let's pray together as we prepare our hearts to come. Almighty God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole hearts. But even in that confession, God, you bring freedom in the very moment. Because you've already searched us. You already know us. And you are already there with arms wide open to embrace us. That we can learn again today to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. So Holy Spirit, would you meet us at this table as we partake of the bread and the cup. That they be for us your body and blood. For the forgiveness of sin and the restoration to life everlasting. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.